Upon the cover, a statue of Lady Goliath stands in the center of a pleasant school courtyard. Under it, Ari and Emery sit back to back doing schoolwork and composition notebooks. We can see that Ari's notebook is covered in stickers of various anime characters, and she is working out a complex alchemical formula inside. Emery's is branded with a logo of a bell, and she is doodling industrial designs interspersed with faces that look suspiciously like Ari's with little hearts beside them. Around the two, dark shadows are stretching out from the corners of the Goliath Academy, encircling the pair and threatening to swallow them. Issue 46, Two Equally Terrifying Possibilities. And welcome back to Apex City, where we are going to take a step backwards in time. I'm sure the small army of axioms hovering ominously in the sky is nothing to worry about. That's probably fine. So the first page of this particular issue has a caption that says, Two weeks ago at the Goliath Academy. The Goliath Academy was started by Lady Goliath, a gold-era uh, super soldier from Canada who settled down in Apex City and started a uh, superhero school. Now, this has uh, long since not been in the business of training superheroes. It's more of a private school at this point that just kind of caters to super-powered individuals. And we open up one morning, bright and early, in a very particular dorm room, and I would like to know what this room looks like. It's a two-person room, and let's just start uh, with the one of you. So, um, who wants to start? I can go. Sure. So, first off, why don't you tell us who you are uh, and who you're playing? Hi, uh, I am Elliot, and I'm going to be playing Theraflect, a.k.a. Emery Kovac, the Reformed. And do you have a side of this room, or is everything kind of communal? Uh, and or what sort of personal touches have you brought to the room? I think the room is like, it clearly started the beginning of the year being like, this is my side, this is your side. And like, it's kind of stayed like that, but there's kind of become more of a our room feeling as the year has gone on. I think there's a lot of like, metallic imagery going on, like going after like that color scheme and aesthetic. Okay, a lot of metallic tones. Yeah, like the whole bedspread is like a nice like bronzy color. And you do have a roommate. Yes, I do. At the moment, your roommate's phone is going off quite a lot. And roommate, would you like to tell us who you are and who you're playing? Sure. Uh, I'm Alice Kira, uh, and I will be playing Ari Malcolm, aka who is the Brain Playbook. This is an excellent superhero name. Let me uh, write that down right quick. <laughs> And before we get to what's going on with your phone, would you like to tell us what your side of the room kind of looks like or what sort of personal touches you have brought to this room? So Ari has uh, on the wall that her bed is pushed against hung up two pride flags. She has the lesbian pride flag and the trans pride flag. Yes, they are ironed, so they're not wrinkly. And then pinned to the flags, she has put cutouts of anime and video game characters corresponding to whether she had canons them as trans or lesbians or both. Oh, I love that. I love that so oh, much. My God. That is delightful. As the brain, we have kind of established that you have a little bit of an internship. Yes. And it is, uh, in fact, work that is blowing up your phone. Uh, oh, no, that's not good. Uh, one of them is an automated alert that went off at about four o'clock this morning. First off, uh, before we get to this exactly, I'm sorry. Yeah. Why don't you tell us who your internship is with and what it entails? 
Oh, that's an that's an excellent question. It's with Heron, I think we agree with. Yeah. Okay. You got a lot of companies in this world. I'm trying to keep them all. <laughs> so I'm doing some uh, like uh, magical, technological, cross the bridge research. A bit of alchemy tossed in the mix there. You know, pushing the boundaries of what tech can do and what magic can do by putting them together. Fun stuff. What is one thing that Ari has kind of been working on specifically? Aside from her heroing gear that she's been appropriating live resources to develop. <laughs> let's let's say officially, what have you been working on? Officially, what have I been working on? I think she's been working on a support adaptive memory cloth that is able to uh, respond to people who undergo sudden mutations, create reinforcements where needed, and then return to its original form when their mutations have passed. Oh, that's super cool. We have at least one or two heroes who might enjoy that. Yeah. Your phone started going off about four o'clock this morning. The first one was an automated security alert that the lab had been breached. Uh, and then thereafter, they've been checking in on all the you know interns and scientists and researchers uh, that worked in there to make sure that everyone is okay. So question is, what are you up to? Uh, what time in the morning is it? Pretty early. Uh, this would be whenever you normally get up, maybe even a little bit before. I think Ari gets up at like six in the morning and likes to go for a run, get the blood flowing, get the brain pumping. Emery, do you normally go on these early morning runs with Ari? Oh, absolutely not. No, that is too early for me. (laughs) (laughs) So the phone going off is probably uh, what has woken you up at this ungodly hour. Yeah, it's really rude. Yeah, it's just constant buzzing. So yeah, uh, Ari is going to roll over, grab the phone, overestimate, and probably tumble out of bed, and then examine the phone and scroll through the line of alerts and text messages and check-ins and be like, oh my god, what happened last night? Yeah, so far they haven't given you any details just that initial automated alert so if you want to uh look into that at all you certainly can but they haven't given you that information yet yeah i think she'll shoot a text back saying i'm okay i was at school and be like is everything okay is the research damaged do you need me to come in so so you know when someone is typing on the other end of a message and you get those little dots and then they stop and the dots go away. Uh, and then they're like furiously backspacing, but it looks like they're they're typing and you get those dots again and then nothing happens for a long... And that happens a couple of times. And then eventually you get a text uh, from your director, who is a guy named Dr. Grover Bahat. Bahat is a professor at Apex University, but he also does a lot of work with uh, the Heron Corporation. He's a eminent scientist in the field of cyber biology. And uh, he sends you a text that says... Do you know why your research would have been targeted? Because we're missing a few people, but mostly we're missing your research. Uh, uh, I think she, we have like a handler or two of her like blue screening and panicking and like, oh my God, what, what, no, what, no, what? Emery, are you just uh, rolling over and going back to sleep at this point or what are you up to? I think she has, like, put her pillow on top of her head to try to, like, quiet the noise, but, like, interspersed between the speech bubbles of Ari saying what is Emery just doing, like, a longer, slower, sleepy what? So let's move ahead just a little. Your normal morning at the Goliath Academy is, you know, you check in with your homeroom, you go to your classes. It is very much like a school. This is the weekend. So what does the weekend look like for you? A normal, like, Saturday morning at the Goliath Academy. 
go for a run, get breakfast, check if Emery's up yet, <laughs> watch some anime with her headphones on if Emery's not up yet. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's let's get forward to the point where uh, Emery does eventually wake up. Uh, how long does that take you on a Saturday morning, Emery? Probably about like 10 a.m. You've been getting uh, texts for, you know, the last, what is it now, six hours, uh, Ari? Yeah. They've stopped coming in, and you are officially missing six people. These were the uh, research scientists, because this is a 24-hour lab. Mm -hmm. This was the, the entire night shift is just gone. No one's heard of them since the breach. Cool. Cool. Great. No, cool. Awesome. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's great. It's fine. They probably just got their phones on silent. It's, it's yeah, probably no. fine. It's probably all this. Yeah. NBD. Speaking of, uh, Emery, when you wake up around 10 a.m., uh, roll out of bed, what is what is your normal 10 a.m. Saturday morning look like? What do you do? Hmm, probably very sleepily, like, put on clothes and go out to go get breakfast. You get up, you sleepily put on your clothes, you head out to go get breakfast. As you're doing this, I do want to hit a move. Because you're playing in the Reformed. Yes, I am. A key Reformed thing is that you have friends in low places. Mm-hmm. And whenever time passes, you get to roll that. So let's roll that. Okay. So that is roll plus my highest obligation, which is two right now. Cool. And who is this obligation with, by the way? This is with Dexterous, my, my old mentor from way back in the day when I was a villain. That is an 11 plus two. Hell yeah. I love it. So why don't you read us off what happens on a 10 plus there? On a 10 plus, they come crashing into your life with a crisis. Tell us a little bit about Dexterous. So she works for uh, an organization called The Sonary. Her job is more like leading stealth-based missions, um, mostly thievery, but really anything that involves like breaking and entering, um, being sneaky. Emery used to go on those and like train under her, but that's kind of her deal. So it's somewhat of a surprise when you exit uh, the door to your room and she is standing across the hall with her arms crossed, looking at her watch and just obviously has been waiting for you for a while. Oh no. So so what does she look like? Give us that. She looks very nondescript. A very like plain person, like medium length brown hair pulled back in a ponytail, average face. She blends in. She smiles at you and says, good morning, Farah." Um, hi. Um, good Good morning. Um, what? Why? What? Okay, uh, what? You're at my school. What? Why? I'm not allowed to come visit my former pupil at her place of learning. I mean, I try to, like, keep some separation. Well, and, uh, I think she walks over and just kind of considers you for a second. If you want to keep your separation, possibly you could help me with a small job that I'm on at the moment. What kind of job? Oh, nothing too out of the ordinary. We were supposed to hit a heron lab last night that got hit before we could get there. And what do you want me to do? I want you to find out who hit them so that we can extract what we needed to. Fine, okay. Wonderful. You have my number. I expect a call shortly. Yeah, sure. I will. It's a Saturday, so I will get on that. Yes, and do enjoy your weekend. Uh, and she just heads off down the courtyard and waves at you as she goes. And I just turn around and go back in my room. <laughs> so Ari, how's it going in the room? I think when Emery gets back, Ari's going to look up and take the headphones off and be like, so not to like put this kind of question on you, but 
Given that our respected expertise in different areas of the city, I was wondering if you would have any inclination of who might have broken into a lab last night and stolen specifically my research in photodaptive memory clothing, because my boss wants to know why someone stole my stuff, and I don't have an answer. And... I just found out that the one group that I do know anything about was definitely not involved, so I am at a loss. Cool. I don't think I can tell my boss the Sonieri aren't involved, because then I'd have to tell him how I knew that specifically. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, no. Um. Okay, I th- think I need to get to the lab to see exactly what's going on and clean up and stuff. Do you need any help with that? If you could, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, I will gladly go with you. Oh my god, you're the best. And she's gonna (laughs) give you a big hug and be like, okay, uh, I need to get changed into work clothes, not running around in anime clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess I should put on something other than sweatpants. Let's flash forward to the lab. Uh, So as we see the two of you enter this particular lab, first off, uh, this is bottom level of one of the Heron Towers, and since uh, you work here, Ari, you do know that uh, the researchers who work in the Heron Towers have a fun uh, naming system for them. Uh, So there's five of them. They're all around a central tower. The central tower is Heron Tower Central. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ones around it are situated at the anti-cardinal directions, so southeast, northeast, southwest, southeast. And because they are giant nerds, that comes down to Heron Tower C, Heron Tower Ni, Anu, and So. You work in Heron Tower So. So, that's how it's gonna be. And as you approach the lab, first off, I want to get what that intro looks like, because this is, you know, we've we've seen you kind of in your rooms, but we haven't really seen you in your, you know, work in clothes. Give us a description of what these characters look like. Let's start with Ari. Oh, sure. Put me on the spot as if I know what words for clothes are. <laughs> or just, you know, describe what your character looks like on the page. No, she's, Evan, uh, Ari is, you know, she's a trans girl. She's kind of shorter. She's a little fat. She's cute. She likes to wear nerdy clothing, but this is business, so she's got like a nice blouse and work skirt and then probably a a lab coat over it because it's a comic and you have to denote that she's a scientist even though you wouldn't put your lab coat on until you're in the lab. Her hair is out of control and just pulled back into a fluffy ponytail type thing. Big old nerd glasses on. Very classic. And uh, Emery, how about you? She's got dark brown hair. It's like in a bob. Her eyes have like a bit of like a metallic glint to them, which will shift color as she's using her powers. And since she doesn't work here, I think she's just dressed in a very like business casual kind of wear. Like I'm professional. So as you approach uh, Tower So, first off, the streets around it are kind of blockaded off. And when you get towards the tower itself, you can kind of see why. There is a sizable hole in the side of the tower adjacent to your research lab. It looks like something relatively large literally just barreled through into the lab and then back out again. Barreled or barreled? 
Uh, no, just just barrels. No actual okay. bears this time. It is not bear-shaped. It's not a bear-shaped hole. I need to know these things for scientific purposes. It's very important. But yeah, notice a big hole uh, in the side of the building. And you can see a cleaning crew, uh, you know, inside along with uh, Heron Tower security and your boss, Grover Bahat, kind of in the middle with a sort of iPad-looking thing, uh, scrolling through and going over a checklist. What do you do? I think I'm going to walk up to Dr. Bahat, just smiling and waving at the other people, like the cleaning crew and stuff. I'm supposed to be here, and certainly my friend is supposed to be here too. It's fine. It's fine. He actually does smile when he sees you. He's happy to see that you're, you know, not hurt. And he checks something off on the pad and goes, Ari, I'm so, so sorry. I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry we lost your research data. I I mean, I can get more data, but like, are the prototype gone? Is anyone hurt? I said six people are still missing. And he checks uh, a few things off and he goes, yeah, we're we're still missing the night crew. I'm trying to get the security feed pulled up, but it looks like it's been tampered with somehow. And Fairflect, what are you up to at this point? I think following behind Ari, like, she doesn't work here, so trying to, like, not be suspicious, but also, like, looking around, like, Getting your bearings, taking note of the whole, and just like trying to, trying to like memorize it. Uh, would you say that you're maybe trying to assess a situation? Quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and assess your situation right quick? Unless you have uh, any playbook moves that might help you here. I do not. Okay, go for it. That is five plus one, so a six. Give us a couple of panels uh, of Emery sort of trying to look around and memorize stuff. What does that look like? I think it's mostly like seeing, kind of like seeing the like whole setting like from her eyes, um, glancing over from like the building that Ari's lab is in to over where this tower where the hole is and kind of like really focusing on this hole, trying to just like from this distance, trying to get like some kind of guess from it and just just coming up blank. Like it's too far away. As you're looking around, like first off, yeah, this is this lab is way more technical than anything that, you know, like you can't parse what's going on here or what they were researching or what the point of any of this was. But you do see something in one of the corners. There's a big piece of wall that looks like it was kicked in and there is a boot print on that wall that is pretty large and you recognize kind of almost immediately someone that you've pulled a few jobs with in the past uh that is bulletproof's boot print oh boy Uh, so we'll get to what the uh the move there is but uh there is definitely another shoe about to drop (laughs) haha Let's get back over to Ari for a sec. Sure. So Bahad is kind of, again, he's still going around and cataloging stuff. He's let you know that he's trying to pull up the security feed, but that it was somehow tampered with. And at this point, now that you're safe and secure, he's going to let you kind of go about your business. So what business are you going about? Yeah, so you said we lost the data. I just want to like go through my stuff, my space. Someone came into my space, so I want to see what's disturbed, what's missing. Yeah, absolutely. What's replaceable, what's not replaceable. So you go uh, over to your little, you know, area, and you're cataloging your stuff. And the first thing that sort of jumps out at you is that your current project, that, you know, cool cloth that can adapt to, you know, different kind of like changing, you know, superhero body shapes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's still there. Oh, hell yeah. Perfect. And it is at this point that I want to talk about what's missing, because there is a secure safe in which there was a laptop relating to some previous work you had done uh, with a group called Armature. Mm. 
So, so tell us about your shame. Ari uh, used to work with a nice non-binary person by the name of Adam Anton, who she accidentally contributed research that was used to turn them into a uh, sort of super soldier axiom knockoff called tautology. I haven't seen them for a while. And the research data that was missing was the secure laptop that had all of that research that you had done on the Axiom materials that accidentally made tautology. Mm -hmm. That's the data that was stolen. Like, obviously, they knew where it was and that there was something there to be gained because basically nothing else in this section of the lab has been touched. It's like they just took that vault, ripped the door off and took the one thing in there that they wanted. Would you consider this me being confronted with my shame? Uh, that's up to you. It, is, definitely, yeah. it definitely could be if it feels like it to you. Yeah, I think this is a... Yeah. So uh, I think we get some flashback panels explaining all this, why the laptop's important, and Ari's gonna like collapse into her like office chair on the wheels, and it's gonna like slowly slide back. Uh, whenever you're confronted with your shame, either mark a condition or shift superior down and danger up. And I think I'm going to shift superior and down and danger up because my keeping that research here apparently made the lab be attacked as the conclusion I'm reaching. <laughs> okay, I think that works. So we get those panels of Ari sinking back into her lab chair and just that look of realization like, oh, this was very, very targeted. Yeah. And I want to move back out to Emery for just a sec, uh, because as you're recognizing that boot print, your your phone starts going off again. I sigh and I check the caller ID. Oh, you, you already know who it is. I answer the phone. Hello. Any updates for me? I just got here. I'm... Looking around, finding out what's what's happening. Um, oh, you you used to be so much faster at this. I'm surprised it's taken you so long. Well, she's you definitely see... trying to shift your labels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she's trying to shift your mundane up and your superior down, and kind of imply that maybe this school living has softened your, uh, you know, breaking and entering and spying lit edge. I will accept that. Okay. Yeah, we're. I am trying to go in the official proper channels way. That is slower. Hmm. Yes, well, don't keep us waiting. And she hangs up the phone on you. Emery had had her mouth open because she was about to mention the uh, footprint. She's like, <laughs> okay, no, never mind. <laughs> uh, so, so what are you up to at this point? Well, probably, probably sticking with Ari since like she is going to like see what is missing, which is going to be very informative for me, especially because like I don't want Lasaudery to get their hands on this. So uh, knowing what's missing is going to be very helpful. Uh, so so Ari, are you telling Emery what's gone or are you still just kind of having a moment? I can do both. I can have a moment and <laughs> exposit. I'm the brain. I can do anything I set my mind to. Yeah, she's sitting there when Emery comes up and she's like, it's, it's gone. They didn't care about the memory cloth. Rude. First of all, why? It's cool. It's really cool, Emery. It's just, it's going to like revolutionize everything, and it's going to be amazing once I can just get it finalized. And I know I'm like right there. I'm right there on getting the memory cloth solved. And actually, let me. She's going to grab a piece of paper and scribbles a bunch of like alchemical symbols down and some weird arcane equation and be like, not the point. They took. And she gestures as if she, the laptop, everything that I had on what they 
did to make tautology. Everything is it's gone. And they knew it was here. They knew it was me. They came here because of my data. Oh shit. Ari, I'm sorry. That's that's really that really sucks. I would like to share a weakness or vulnerability. Yeah, that definitely sounds like that. <laughs> when I share vulnerability or weakness with someone, I hold two. And I can spend the hold one for one to clear a condition or add one team to the pool when I'm with them. That's real good. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to move a little bit uh, forward here. Is there anything that the two of you want to try and get out of this? We need a lead to go on. And Emery has that. Oh, cool. But you, you've got a couple of them potentially at the moment. Yeah. Do I have Bulletproof's number? You know, you might. Because I might as well just call him. <laughs> <laughs> you are a villain he is a villain um so i will give you this since you run in villainous circles this is definitely not bulletproof's mo this is not his normal job he doesn't usually raw well i mean it's kind of his mo he breaks into a place he's big he's nigh invulnerable he's super strong so he just walks into places takes usually bank vaults and then leaps a couple of miles off but uh He's not usually this targeted. He's usually just kind of like a smash and grab, right? Yeah, this sounds like somebody's pulling a string or something. Yeah, yeah. He he is very, very mercenary, though, so he can be bought off to hit specific targets. Yeah, I think I want to ask, yeah, I want to call it Bulletproof and be like, hey, uh, why? We know that you've uh, done a couple of jobs with Bulletproof before, and I want to establish something. Um, first off, are the two of you on good terms right now? I think we're on, like, pretty okay terms, like... We get along okay, we do good work together, but she's also been, like, kind of out of the loop, like, not quite there, so she's been, like, trying to reform. So it's just kind of been like, okay, we left on good terms, but it's also been a while. You call his number, and it rings for a very, very long time. Uh, Bulletproof is a little bit old school, he does not carry a cell phone because he's very hard on them. (laughs) (laughs) It rings for a very long time before someone picks up. And when when they do, there's a voice on the end that is not bulletproof. Sounds like a teenage girl, probably younger than you are. Yeah. Um, hi, is bulletproof there? Bullet who now? Bulletproof, you know? Bullet what now? Bulletproof. What proof? Bulletproof. What what? Are, are you you're joking with me? He's pretty well known. She kind of laughs a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm just messing with you. And then she yells, Dad! And you hear a big, like, clomping thump, thump, thump. Uh, And then you hear the telltale gruff sound of, yeah, you got bulletproof, go for bullets. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. Hi, bulletproof. It's Theraflect. It's been a bit. Hi. I hadn't heard from you in a minute. I thought you had gone straight. Me straight now. dare you. (laughs) That's a joke. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I just meant, like, not doing crimes. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Um, listen, I have a, I have a question. Um, were you over by Heron at all last night? No, I skipped town a couple of months ago. Cause there's like a footprint here that looks an awful lot like yours. I don't know what to tell you. I wasn't there. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, I think I'm You certainly can. Go for it. Oh, well, thankfully my mundane just got raised. That is a six plus one. Seven. You get one question. How could I get your character to tell me what happened 
I guess, last night slash this very early morning. Because it has been a long time since you've talked to this guy and specifically, and you know that he is very, very motivated by money. If you can assure him that there is something in this for him, he might be able to give you some information. Okay. Fairflex sighs, and she says, Okay, listen, I am being asked to look into this by some friends of mine, and if you help me out, I can pass that along to them, and they can give you a reward. What kind of reward? Whatever it is you're looking for, money, resources. And you kind of hear a uh, a sigh on the other end of the uh, line. It's like, yeah, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> Maybe I was in town last night, but I didn't hit no heron. I had an interested party who wanted me to go through some tests to test some equipment. So I ran an obstacle course last night. Worked up a pretty good sweat, but I was out of town by midnight. Huh, okay. Look, if you want me to give you their contacts, I'll give you their contacts. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Fine, I'll text you the details. Now, is there anything else you need? Nope, that's it. It was nice talking to you. It's been a bit. Yeah, and, and don't and don't forget to pass along that I was helpful and my bank account details. I will. Okay. Uh, and he hangs up on you. And within a couple of seconds, yeah, you've got um, a text with a uh, phone number and an address. Can I, like, plug the address into, like, a Maps app just to, like, see where that is? Get an idea. You sure can. Uh, so so while you're up to that, Ari, what have you, you been up to anything in particular? Or are you just kind of hanging out? We're still at the lab, right? Or did we leave there? You are still at the lab. I think after Ari uh, shakes herself out of her reverie, she's going to realize that I'm a goddamn alchemical genius and we are <laughs> in my lab. Let's CSI this shit. Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Uh, so what are you up to? Cool. So I think she's going to dig through some drawers of random stuff, pull out a pair of glasses, get out a like metallic pen, etch some formulae onto the lenses and lift them up so she can like look through them and look for fingerprints and stuff. She's going to collect samples from around where the safe was ripped into. She's going to titrate some of that stuff, run it through all the fancy bits and bobs to determine what, what, how, figure, I'm assessing this situation, and I'll ask the questions. <laughs> nice. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I've got good news and I've got bad news. <laughs> okay. The bad news is, I, I rolled a two, plus one is three. Okay, that's, you know, there you go. The good news is, I have scientific insight, and since I have mastery over the field of alchemy, whenever my field is directly relevant to assessing the situation, I get a single follow-up question of any kind. Nice! That is that is very useful. So you do, uh, in fact, mark potential. And what is your follow-up question? I mean, they, like, brute force ripped my safe open. I want to know, like, anything I can determine from that point of entry. Like, how is it super strength? Do they have, like metal claws or do they have weird alien skin or something yeah yeah absolutely you find two things that kind of give you the answer to this and the first is that where your safe was you know the door was ripped off there are just big finger like marks so someone did this with their bare hands and the second is that kind of near the big hole in the exterior wall there are likewise uh and again they've been kind of covered by rubble so no one's really picked up on this quite yet 
Uh, this is mostly because you're doing like Magitek CSI thing. But there are two indented footprints, so it looks like someone landed with a great amount of force. So they came in like a wrecking ball. They did. So, uh, so Emery, you put in this location into your, uh, oh, sorry. No, we do have an actual in-universe map program, so I apologize. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is a, uh, Snoogle map, <laughs> um, created by famed engineer Alfred Snoogle. Uh, it's just a map. It's not a search engine, just a Snoogle map. <laughs> so you put this into your Snoogle map and it brings up the campus of Apex City University, specifically the Ewing Research Building at Apex U. Hmm. Would Fairflect know what they do there at that specific research building? Unless it's like related to villainy or like any place that Lasanri has wanted to target, then probably not. Yeah, it's it's not really on on their radar at this point in time. So so yeah, no, not so much. That's what your Snoogle map points you to for that particular location. The mystery gets ever deeper. Yeah, call that number. That number has already been disconnected. It continues to deepen. <laughs> <laughs> I will go and check in with Ari. Uh, so I think Ari, when you catch up with her, is outside uh, with those, you know, subtle foot indentations in the ground, realizing that, yeah, somebody came in here like a wrecking ball. Uh, so so what do you do? Like, hmm, there's uh, more of those. Cool. Okay. More of them? And Ari's going to take off the glasses she just sketched up and put on her normal glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, have a, I saw a footprint earlier that looked like bulletproof so like i called him up he says he wasn't here out of town by midnight i'm not entirely sure how true that is but he uh gave me uh an address that had sent him on like an obstacle course earlier and like they're not answering the phone so do you want to head over there do you have like anything else that you need to do here no i think i've Found everything that I'm going to find here. It's not a ton of evidence to go on. Are you doing okay? I mean, I don't know. I thought, like, staying with Heron was going to be the safe choice to make. But apparently it's not going to be the safe choice to make if someone's going to... Is this going to keep happening? Are they going to, like, break into my lab constantly over and 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 over and... I don't know. And I don't like not knowing. So... I mean... It's Apex City. Sometimes it just happens. I guess. I don't know. I'll have to look into other options. Maybe I can get a deal on an abandoned warehouse somewhere. And set up a lab there. <laughs> There's probably one or two around town. <laughs> Question is, where are the two of you going from here? Uh, Emery's got all the leads. Yeah, I guess going over to this uh, building at the university. So we catch up with the two of you, assuming uh, Ari is heading along as well, right? Yes. I will contribute my useful information that the person who did this was super strong, had feet, and also fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but betwixt the two of you, I will uh, I will give you this. This is all still lining up that this looks like Bulletproof's doing. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to the Ewing Research uh, building, it is Saturday, so uh, this particular part of the campus is not in active use at this point in time. It is locked. What are the two of you doing? Is there anyone around? I mean, you know, the, the random smattering of college students who are, you know, hanging around the quad on a Saturday, but nobody, like, official. Because, like, I could probably unlock that easily. Do I know what the Ewing research facility is for? Given the nature of your research, you probably do. Uh, they are specialized in neurological research, 
with a focus on fungi and tardigrata. Uh, the current ongoing goal is to create a neural cascade network to essentially uh, let people briefly network nervous systems across a distributive network of very specialized tardigrades to complete uh, complex tasks at very small scales. Okay, cool. So kind of like turning tardigrades into nanites, kind of functionally, not literally, but using tardigrades for the tasks you have to build nanobots. Yeah, you're not sure about the specifics of it, but you know that they've that they that they have modified at least a couple of strains of tardigrades for different specialized purposes. You've heard some talk that they are looking at using them for microsurgery among other things. They'd be really good for like space exploration too. Oh yeah, lots of, lots of potential applications for this. But that's what they do at Ewing. I think as we walk up to the building, Ari is explaining all this to Emery. And it's like, I mean, the, the possibilities are limitless. I mean, tardigrades are basically indestructible. So uh, cleaning up chemical spills or radioactive waste, exploring space, cleaning the outside of the space station. Like, you got to scrub that thing clean eventually. The space isn't empty. There is stuff out there. And if you get too much stuff, it causes problems. But why? She's very excited about this. <laughs> Why would they want your tautology research? I, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty brilliant stuff, to be honest. I mean, it kind of like really pushes the bonds of what a human body can withstand. So if you could push what a tardigrade could do, I already said the possibilities were limitless, but dang. You're so smart. Oh, that to me almost sounded like a move. It, it almost feels like a comfort and support. It could be. I feel like it feels like it feels like. Yeah. That is an eight plus one. That's a nine. You have influence over me. Oh, yes, I do have influence over you. So that is a ten. Hell yeah. Which this could be important. Uh, On a hit, they hear you uh, and they mark potential clear condition or shift labels if they open up to you. Ari, do you want to open up? I'd love to open up. Go for it. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're so smart. And Ari like blushes deeply. She's like, oh, well, I mean... I just read a lot, a lot of books and stuff, and I mean, most of, like a surprising amount of science is actually hypothesized through anime, and so <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd be amazed at what inspiration, like you know, Star Trek kind of inspired cell phones and stuff. But like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've got like a great mind for this stuff too. I mean, I would never, I'd be totally lost if you weren't here with me. So that's kind of like. Now it's every start to blush. That's so good. Uh, do you have, uh, I don't think you have any conditions, but would you like to mark potential or shift labels? I'm going to mark potential. Okay. And on a 10 plus, uh, Emery, you can add a team to the pool or a clear condition. And again, I don't think you have any conditions quite nope, yet. I do not. So add that team. So, But that sets us a two team in the pool. Uh, and at this point, assuming you are forcing this lock, I think I think this lock is just forced. I don't think I need you to roll for that or anything. And inside, we we panel in on a lot of large glass tubes uh, that, to the naked eye, look like they're just full of water, gently bubbling to aerate, uh, a little bit of algae at the top, and a lot of complex uh, equipment, including uh, kind of centrally connected to a bunch of wires to this huge mainframe. There's a silver-ish, like a circlet, like a little crown you would put on your head, uh, with electrodes near the temples which Ari uh, would definitely recognize is probably some sort of that, you know, neural cascade network. Hmm. Obviously, all the lights are off. Uh, The interior of this lab is a sterile area, so there aren't any exterior windows. 
Uh, there are some, you know, runner lights, so it's not pitch black, but it's pretty dark. And when you get inside, I do want uh, to get a couple of panels right quick of what the two of you are actually doing in here. Like, just what does it look like as you enter the lab? Taking a look around, like, looking for anything that seems out of place, like, oh, is there conveniently some, like, stuff that was brought in from Perrin that's hanging around? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Looking around for anything obvious. Uh, And Ari? Uh, I think Ari starts off looking around for stuff that's out of place and quickly gets distracted by the cool science stuff that's in here. Uh, so, so Ari is very quickly distracted by cool, like, tardigrades and, you know, science stuff. There's just a lot of data. There's a lot of data. I think what you might do is, like, pull out some chalk and draw a circle on one of these glass tubes and then start writing formula around it. And it kind of, like, magnifies the glass that's within the circle so that she can actually look at the tardigrades. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have you unleash your powers. Okay. <laughs> Let's Extending go. your senses. Nice. I got a six. Oh, no. You uh, draw your circle Mm -hmm. and you start putting your arcane symbols around it. And as you do, we get a panel of Emery uh, looking up and realizing that there are security cameras in here. And the only thing that is possibly more concerning than security cameras, Emery, is the fact that one by one, the lights on them go off. And as they do, the doors lock behind you. And all that machinery whirs back into the walls. There is a uh, mechanical hum as they all pull back. And you feel the sensation of dropping uh, as the floor starts descending very, very quickly. Oh, no. And as it does, those little runner lights uh, that were up top very quickly dim until you are in pitch black and much farther down than when you started And you can hear this soft click and this whoosh of air as something slides into place probably 10 feet above you. And then there's a snap, and a rectangle illuminates itself uh, into a big screen on the far wall. And Ari, I would like to ask you a question. Sure. What does tautology look like? They are very clearly supposed to be reminiscent of Axiom. With a little bit of body horror, glowing blue tubes into their skin so like comes in and out of their skin and it like pulses really fascinating and fairly disturbing because it is sort of like biotech along with the alchemical power and magitech kind of thing so so they have like um these magitech like bits kind of embedded in their skin yeah they don't have like a full suit of armor but they'll have like the chest plate and then like forearm guards and then you get like some of these tubes between where the chest plate ends and the forearm guards start and it's they've got like probably four colors pulsing alternatively through the tubes as they're fueled by the basic elements of alchemy so the screen snaps on and the very familiar to you face of tautology looks down at you And as they do, the walls around you start to light up and you can see that behind them there are cells. And in each one of those cells, there is a bulletproof. Two to a wall, four walls. And as the last one lights up, Tautology just smiles down and says, Hi Ari. Welcome to Project Match. 
Hey, Jeremy, I think I just got confronted by my shame again. is written for Magpie Games by Brenton Conway. It is made of breaking and turning and really cool memory cloth. Go buy a copy. I'll wait. Ari Malcolm is played by Alice Kira. You can find Fair at Magical Girl Kira on Twitter or on the Mask's actual play podcast, Unlabeled AP. Fair Reflect is played by Elliot Peterson. She can be found on Twitter at Elliot Yelen and on fellow Mask's podcasts, Moon Harbor Heroes and Paradigm Academy. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere an awkward high school crush is happening. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.